Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Today, I'm joined by Travis York, who is the Managing Director at Suveto. Suveto is helping empower and change the dynamics around veterinary practice ownership. So I'm excited to talk with Travis about that. Travis is also doing some unique and exciting things, building a community within veterinary medicine with Harbor, and then also helping with Calico Financial. And if you're not familiar with Calico, it is helping veterinarians preserve independent ownership through flexible financing. So think acquisitions, expansions, construction, refinancing, all of that good stuff. So have three different areas to kind of chat through today, but I am so excited to have Travis join us. Travis, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Isaiah. I've been looking forward to uh, getting together and really excited to talk about many of these different topics. Absolutely. And we've had the fortune to know each other through vet partners and have a handful of different Zoom calls and chats. And I've really enjoyed those. And each time I walk away thinking how connected and plugged in you are to kind of the landscape of veterinary medicine. And I wanted to just kind of hear from you. What's the pulse? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are people telling you about veterinary medicine today when you talk to all the different veterinarians that you connect with and hear from from a weekly and daily basis? Really, to start things off, Isaiah, the biggest thing that we are hearing within our Calico network, we have over 200 hospitals that we stay very connected with. And most of those hospitals, as a general rule, have experienced double-digit revenue growth in the midst of COVID. So if they're comparing revenue from July of 2019 to revenue of July of 2020, they're up 20% during COVID, which I mean, to me is just amazing news if you're in the veterinary profession. I think the other thing that we're really experiencing in all of our conversations is a whole lot more intentionality from veterinarians around their careers. And just a real focus, whether it's a hospital owner or a recent graduate on accomplishing personal, professional, and financial goals through their career in veterinary medicine. Yeah. And it's great because you do see a very wide breadth of people. Like when you chat with new grads, you chat with existing owners that are trying to figure out, hey, this is the biggest asset that I have. I want to retire someday. Like, what do I do? And it's yeah, just getting the understanding of what that looks like with the younger demographic. I keep hearing all the time that they aren't as interested in practice ownership. If I pose that question to you, are younger veterinarians interested in practice ownership? What would be your response? Look, I think that if we looked at my dad graduated from Iowa State in 1976 and his class at Iowa State, I think, was like 93 kids or something. And 80 of them ultimately ended up owning a hospital, right? Are we seeing that 80 out of 90 kids want to go be owners today? No, but I don't think the notion or the interest or the desire to experience ownership is gone from veterinarians. I get to interact with some of the most entrepreneurial veterinarians out there, and they're thinking of new and innovative ways to structure and set up their hospitals. And many of the younger veterinarians that I get to interact with, or we're running a school program right now, are looking and actively want to get into a hospital that offers them ownership opportunities because they recognize the value of that component of their professional growth. Yeah. And you've talked about a number of different times in our conversations around just the changing dynamics of what ownership looks like in some different structures. I know it's going to be hard to go through all of them, but you want to talk a little bit about how you've seen some of the structures around ownership start to shift and change to where someone can still have 
equity in that business growth long-term, but maybe not be the traditional way that your dad did it or those that graduated back then? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess when I start to talk about ownership, I always, I go back to an Albert Einstein quote, and there's only one word in here that I don't necessarily really love, but basically the essence of the quote is if we want to solve a problem, we have to change how we think about or look at the problem. And not necessarily that veterinarians not having ownership is a problem, but as a veterinarian without ownership, it does limit your financial growth that you can achieve through your profession. And again, I think you and I both experienced that firsthand in our roles and the capacities that we work in veterinary medicine. And so I always like to start talking about that ownership question by thinking about when we say ownership. We really in veterinary medicine believe that it basically means the buck stops here, right? Like ownership in veterinary medicine means you're 100% responsible. It means you have 100% of the economic benefit. And what I've really started to do is challenge younger veterinarians to think about there's really two components to ownership. There's economic ownership and there's entrepreneurial ownership. And just because you're not interested in the entrepreneurial ownership doesn't mean that you should walk away from the economic ownership, right? So if we use that as the foundation that you can have economic or entrepreneurial ownership, we're seeing many veterinarians who are starting to explore minority ownership, right? I mean, again, if you own 5% of a company, you're probably not responsible for a lot of those entrepreneurial decisions. But you can still get the economic benefits of ownership. And so we're seeing that come into play. We're seeing many veterinarians who may have a main hospital help facilitate and put managing owners or people who run individual hospitals as part of a broader network out there. That's one of the big missions that's at the core of Suveto Veterinary Health is how do we empower doctors to experience different versions of ownership that are really along that spectrum of ownership that if you're an associate, your ownership is just over the client experience. If you are the sole owner of a hospital, you have full economic and entrepreneurial ownership. And as we move from associate to sole owner, there's a lot of different ways that you can experience both economic and entrepreneurial ownership. And we're really challenging and pushing younger doctors to think about, hey, what is going to allow me to accomplish my personal, my professional, and my financial goals? And let's find an ownership that aligns with that. Absolutely. And you talk about like the buck stops here and there's a lot of different ways with ownership. And I use myself as an example now too, with having a partner, like I'm no longer the hundred percent owner of a business. I have someone else that helps make those decisions, but shoulders the burden and can help encourage each other and pick each other up if you need it. And I think they're are going to be a lot more models. And again, Suveto and kind of what you guys are doing there is certainly one of those. But yeah, you don't have to be the one doctor owner. You do everything and you're there every single day of the week. Like that is not necessarily the model that I think is sustainable long-term either. So you did talk a little bit about Suveto. Let's jump there and talk a little bit about the origin story, mission, what you guys are trying to accomplish and what that looks like for veterinarians. Yeah. So I'm really excited about Suveto and, you know, what it's looking to build and the mission there. Kind of real quick, Suveto started out of a group of veterinarians who we had worked with on financing, and they were looking at kind of the reshaping of the industry and how do they help build something that can offer ownership and offer goals that 
align with current veterinarians. So Suveto is supporting veterinary ownership. And that company is really comprised of three different entities. Harbor, which I think we're going to try to spend a little bit of time talking about, that is a veterinary community focused on mentorship, career development, career growth, and career paths. There is Calico Financial, which is focused solely on providing financing solutions for veterinary hospital owners. And then Suveto Veterinary Health, which is focused on providing ownership to all doctors that work within that hospital network, if that makes sense. And that idea came out of a group of veterinarians who stepped back. They look at the hospitals that they built. They were looking at what they wanted to do as they thought about transitioning and creating their succession plan. And it led to what I think is a really innovative and reshaping idea around veterinary ownership. Yeah. And just to kind of springboard from there, you talked about current owners and those, again, you get to the end of your career, you see the success, the fruits of your labor, and you try to understand like, what's next? How do you transition that? In those conversations that you're having today with those owners, What's coming up outside of just, hey, I'm trying to make enough money to retire? What do you hear is the biggest concerns, thoughts, things that they want to accomplish, maybe? Any thoughts there just with the conversations you've had within the Civeto network? Absolutely. And again, I always kind of think about it like this. So many times in the past, I mean, I've been doing this coming up on 20 years now, which I hate to say it makes me feel old, but it really used to be a scenario where I talked to an owner who was ready to sell. And that owner maybe got up in January and they decided that by the end of that year, they were going to sell. And oftentimes they would just sell to the associate who had worked at their hospital for five years. And that was just the natural progression. And there wasn't really any thought process into what they wanted. What I hear today is that many hospital owners, they're facing more questions that they really have to sit down and think about and getting with a group of professional advisors earlier helps them assess those questions. Because they're assessing how do they maximize the financial value out of their life's work. Many of them are challenged with, they've built a great team and you and I both know those teams within the hospitals are almost like family. And so they're challenging themselves and thinking about how do I create an environment that allows my team to continue to grow because I've spent 20 years growing that team? How do I look at creating a community that preserves what my clients expect? Because many of those clients are like family. And it's not just as easy as it used to be where an owner gets up and decides, hey, I want to sell in six months and they turn the keys over to the associate. They're really facing a lot of different questions around where they want to go. And those conversations really are exciting and fun for me to have because I feel like I get to add value and provide insight from my experience in helping veterinarians find the right transition plan for themselves. Absolutely. And for you, you've done it multiple, multiple times where if I'm an owner, I've only done this once, right? And you don't really get a do-over to do it at the end and be like, oh yeah, well, you know, next time when I do this, I'll do it differently. The really cool piece of that is getting to ask the question, right? And there doesn't even have to be the answer to the question, but leaving that question for that owner that they go sit and contemplate and kind of come to the conclusion of where they want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Like what does your lifestyle look like after this? Because so many people are so wrapped up with their identity being a veterinarian if they've done that for 30 years. What does it look like when you're not Dr. York or Dr. Douglas anymore? What does that look like? 
yes, you're still a veterinarian. Yes, you still have that knowledge, but what's the next chapter? I think that's really interesting to see and hear like what the passion projects are outside of just work. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I think it's what makes our job so enjoyable. So I want to talk on Harbor because I think the Harbor of all the different areas, not discounting anything else we've talked about, but Harbor to me is really interesting because so much of today's world is trying to find community and engagement and relationships. And I feel like that's a lot of what Harbor is trying to do is bringing top-notch, high-quality education and information to empower veterinarians and help them find the right fit for whatever their career holds. But I don't want to steal your thunder, but that's been my take from hearing it from you. But can you share what is Harbor? What's the future? What's the vision? And where does it go? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and I'm there with you. I think Harbor is one of the most exciting things that I've really gotten to work on within the veterinary field. So the idea of Harbor is when I've been at Calico or I've been at Live Oak, going back to, you know, what we were just talking about, Isaiah, the most exciting thing, and I don't know many people that don't love doing this, but one of the most exciting things that I get to do is share advice, share wisdom, or more importantly, connect somebody that I've talked to with somebody who's smarter than me in a different area. And that's always been the foundation for me of really my career. And it's offering guidance and mentorship and ideas and advice. And I am so excited about Harbor because the foundation of Harbor is bringing together all of these great, smart people that we know that have either worked and gained extensive knowledge within the veterinary profession or our veterinarians themselves to offer mentorship, share their stories, share their ideas, and create a community around that. And so we started by reaching out to the students because we felt like the veterinary students would be the greatest place to start. And with a goal of bringing in veterinary students, associate veterinarians, and hospital owners, and creating a safe community for them to learn from each other, to connect with each other, and ultimately for us, provide access to all of these resources that used to be limited to just our Calico borrowers. But now we have a technology platform that's really going to enable us to share that knowledge across a much wider audience. What I'm really excited about there is we're doing some great monthly programming, Isaiah. I know you and I are thinking about working on one around kind of just financial health. This month, we're doing one on diversity and inclusion. And man, like we're getting just great engagement out of the community and interaction around these different topics. Yeah, I wanted to ask, and I, I'm glad you brought that up from the monthly areas of focus and trying to dive deeper into a topic. But is there any piece of content that you've seen outside of kind of the monthly things that have gotten a lot of traction or that you're really excited about that's on the platform today? Anything that sticks out? I mean, I think one of the biggest draws is we have an anchor message. And so when we started with Harbor, a lot of the information that was there was tied around the business side of veterinary medicine. And now we have a daily anchor message that is posted by a veterinarian. And to me, it's just little tidbits of not here's how you handle this case or here's how you handle this medical protocol. But, hey, did you ever think you could learn this way? Or did you ever think that, you know, one of my favorites was a seasoned veterinarian was talking about what they learned from the kennel assistant when they were a young veterinarian around a blood draw. And just the whole point of the anchor message was like, you never know where you're going to pick up great advice 
and have an opportunity to learn and always be aware of that, right? And so it's not only going to help people in their veterinary career, but it's useful when you think about everyday life. Absolutely. Yeah. You never know the experience and wisdom that someone else is going to have because we each come to each, I guess, part of what we do for a living with very different backgrounds and perspectives. And I think I had that conversation with Dr. Tierra Price and talking about inclusion and diversity in veterinary medicine and just the creativity of having people that have experienced a lot of different things in their life bring so many other ways to solve issues where having that community, having that communication and open dialogue that can be candid, frank and honest is really, really impactful. So I am extremely using like a financial term. I'm extremely long or I'm very bullish on community and being able to support and uplift each other because Utilizing technology and social media, there's things that social media does that's not great for us from a mental health perspective and other things, but technology can make the world feel very small where you can interact with people that you may never get to meet in person, but you can become really good friends and then create those relationships online and then bridge that gap to have those relationships offline. And I think that's really cool. I would agree, right? And one of the things that we've really focused on with Harbor is that it's either people who are mentors that we know that are going to be there for the right reasons to empower and raise the whole community up, or you have to be a veterinarian to be part of that community, right? So it really is focused on creating that community feel of raising veterinarians up and the rising tide floats all boats sentiment It is the core of what Harbor is. With the engagement that you see on Harbor, or it could be just in the conversations that you've had, we chatted like COVID has seen practices really grow this year and show again how resilient veterinary medicine is. I think the great financial crisis, there was an article written in, it was either Forbes or Barron's, which is more of a financial bend, but about how great veterinary medicine was and how resilient it was. And then again, within COVID, it's done the exact same thing. When there's a lot of areas of the economy struggling, veterinary medicine is not one, thankfully. But what are the challenges or what are the things that you're seeing from the community or from your conversations that you feel like is definitely important to chat through and discuss? I mean, I don't think it's going to be a shocker that when I'm talking with hospital owners, their biggest challenge is finding veterinarians. That is a challenge that many hospitals, many hospital owners are facing. And I think that that is probably for the foreseeable future, one of the biggest challenges that veterinary medicine is going to face. There's just a changing of the guard relative to kind of work-life balance and what veterinarians are expecting out of their careers. And there's an increasing number of pets. There's an increasing demand for pet services. And the biggest challenge that I think we're going to be facing is how do we keep up with the demands of the client base? And many times it's a challenge and it's a solution is How do hospitals think about integrating technology, primarily telemedicine and telehealth, into their solutions to be more accessible to their clients, to better serve their clients, but to maintain that work-life balance that needs to be present for veterinarians? I hear the hard-to-find good talent. I think that's probably universally true for a lot of businesses, but especially in veterinary medicine, like finding good people and finding good help is tough. If you're a young veterinarian, I would think you could leverage social media, Harbor, other places to go out and find, you know, if there's a specific place that you want to work at or someone that you want to be your mentor and learn from, I would think you could almost write your ticket where you want to work at the moment. If that is truly something that you want to do, have you seen any creative ideas on how people have tried to get in touch with 
current owners to see maybe they haven't posted a job yet, but they know that they're busy and they need someone to see how they can maybe land a job that isn't publicly known yet? Have you seen that at all within the community? I know it's still fairly new. So what I would say is I don't do a lot of direct work with younger associates or recent graduates who are looking for jobs. So to say, hey, I've seen somebody execute on this or that would probably be a little bit off. I'm almost going to extrapolate from something that I've seen be incredibly successful for somebody who wants to buy a hospital into somebody who may be looking for a job. It's amazing what you can do with just a little bit of innovative thought and putting yourself out there. And so many younger veterinarians who are thinking about hospital ownership need to find a hospital to buy. And if you go talk to many of the traditional sources, maybe a broker or another kind of traditional avenue, you may not find the hospital that you're looking for. So they start writing letters and they write very personalized letters about themselves to hospitals that they're interested in buying. Well, why wouldn't that work if you were interested in working in those hospitals? And so to me, that just direct, hey, I would be in this area, go out and learn about that hospital, go learn about who their clients are. One of the biggest things we've done at Harbor is there's over 225 hospitals on Harbor who have a veterinarian-facing profile built out, Isaiah. And what I mean by that is, is if you and I go Google the veterinarian that we take our pets to and look at their website, it's client-facing. It's designed to communicate to you and I, non-veterinary trained clients, why we should come into that hospital. And that's very different than what a veterinarian may want to know is they're thinking about, hey, what's the culture of this hospital? Why would I want to go work here? So, you know, what we're seeing is, and I would encourage people, like use Harvard, go learn a little bit more about those hospitals and then just reach out directly. You know, again, I hate to be plugging Harvard, but find a hospital you want to work at. You can see who the owner is and you can message them directly through Harbor. Why not kind of take that command of where you want to go and find the hospital that aligns with you and aligns with where you want to get? And don't be afraid to ask and seek out the mentorship that you want. Don't just take what comes, but go get it. Yeah, that's actually pretty much answers the question I was going to ask next, which was kind of biggest opportunities for a young entrepreneurial veterinarian. But I think someone that thinks about ownership and targeting an area and understanding it and reaching out. Makes a lot of sense. Anything that you would add for kind of advice on opportunities for young entrepreneurial veterinarians? The biggest advice that I would give is network, whether it be in local VMA meetings, whether it be through local coffee groups, whether it be within your local chamber of commerce, spend time. Some people are naturally wired to just go network and meet new people. Some people, it's naturally really a challenge to push yourself. But to your point, those best opportunities come from networking, right? And so like I would take, for example, like you and I are both members of Vet Partners. If I was a young veterinarian and wanted to go find entrepreneurial opportunities, I would go find somebody who is a member of Vet Partners. The next time we have a real live meeting and we're not virtual, go be part of that social, that happy hour. I've met a lot of young veterinarians while I'm there who may be just finishing up school and they know a consultant or somebody that I know. And then that consultant introduces them to me and the network has started. And next thing I know, one of those doctors actually ended up working for my veterinarian because they wanted to come to Atlanta. 
I met him in Denver and I connected him with my veterinarian and it ended up being a great fit. If for no other reason than it came as a really warm lead to me from somebody that I knew and trusted. So share your ideas and network. And it's amazing when you plant that seed, what you're going to end up with. Yeah, I love that. And I've seen the power of that in my own career and relationships and even within vet partners. And yeah, there's just, it's hard to do the networking and that relationship building. Like you talked about when it's virtual, there's something about still being in person and having some semblance of having that one-on-one conversation that it does go a lot farther as far as the connection and relationship that you can build with that person. I still believe that after all this is said and done, there's still going to be in-person meetings. There's still going to be in-person dynamics that you just can't replicate online. So I do agree with a lot of what you just said. That's fantastic. And one of the questions I love asking, because you go a couple different ways with it is, is there a soapbox topic, Travis, that's kind of on your mind or something that you just are like, you know what, I've had this conversation lately. It's bugging me. People need to understand this or just something that you're passionate about can be something we talked about today can be something completely different. I think my soapbox topic is like, I say this as I because I don't want to diminish the burden of student debt that any young veterinarian feels. Because I mean, man, those are you and I probably see it in our roles more frequently than most, right? Those are big, big numbers. But a soapbox topic for me is that because of my student debt, ownership isn't attainable. Your student debt is tied to your personal finances, ability to buy or ability to become a minority partner or to find an avenue to become a managing partner within a larger hospital network like Suveto Veterinary Health is out there and your student loan does not restrict you from accomplishing that. And quite frankly, the best way to right-size your student loan debt is ownership. I'm not saying don't explore the income-based repayments, but you and I both know that ownership will right-size your student debt obligations at a much quicker pace than an income-based repayment program. Mic drop, 100%. I agree. I think anyone that's listened to this podcast long enough knows that my views on ownership is hey, the easiest way to pay back debt is to raise your income. The best way to raise your income is to go be an owner because on average, a well-run companion health or even other veterinary practice is 2x or two and a half times more profitable than most average US businesses. So there's a lot of reasons why consolidators and folks are buying hospitals. It's not because they're foolish with their money. It's because they see opportunity and they see profit margins and they know that a well-run business in veterinary medicine can be a cash cow for them. And there's a lot of opportunity for veterinarians to get into ownership. Like you said, I love the idea of the economic and entrepreneurial. I've not heard anyone say it quite like that, but hopefully people took away from this conversation that piece, because that to me is a huge way to think about it differently. And I'm probably going to swipe that, Travis, which is steal with integrity and pride, which is like put that in my vernacular to start saying to people like, you can do it this way or like, I love that. It was so well put. So thank you for that. I love it, right? Like if somebody else could use it, that means it's actually well thought out. Very well thought out. So through this conversation, we talked about a lot of different things. For anyone that's listening, wants to know more about the Harbor platform, Suveto, Calico, where would you send them? How do they connect with you? Again, I would highly encourage anyone to reach out. I know I can answer for you, Travis, that you're more than happy to have conversations. I know I've sent a couple of people your way and they've always 
came back and said, wow, I don't know if it's the right fit to work with him, but he was super helpful. I love a conversation, right? Like this morning, I had a conversation where one of the CPAs sent somebody over to me who was, again, looking at a unique ownership structure. They were going to be part of a corporate hospital that offered them the ability to be a minority owner. And they were looking for financing. And she talked to, I think, three other lenders. And I said, do you have an offer? She's like, yeah, they offered me this rate, but I thought it could maybe be lower. I'm like, well, based upon the financing that you're looking, here's the type of loan that you're looking for. That's a really good place to be, right? And I'm like, I would encourage you to not spend more of your valuable time pursuing that because that product is just not available that you're looking for. And I love those conversations, right? Because it's not going to lead to an immediate deal now, but I've built trust and relationship with somebody who may have somebody come along that needs my help and something where I can be helpful. So I always value those conversations. Again, we all love to give advice. And so I would encourage anybody who wants to reach out, feel free to send me an email or give me a call. And again, probably the easiest way is go become a member of Harbor, create your profile. And we have the ability to connect through messaging in Harbor. If you want to kind of go that more kind of traditional platform, that's another great way that we can stay connected and you can continue to see additional information that we'll post and keep the conversation going. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'll link to the various different websites and contact information. That way you can find Harbor, Calico, Suveto, Travis, all that good stuff. But Travis, thank you so much for your time today. This was incredible. Thank you, Isaiah. I really appreciate it. It was great. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. That'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast platform platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.